Thank you for listening to the Grace Church Podcast, where you can find teachings, Bible studies, and words of encouragement for any season. For more resources, you can go to graceorlando.com. We've been doing the series. We're almost done, okay? Um, Today is going to be when you know that you're forgiven, you'll forgive. And then next week, I love this one, is when you know that you're forgiven, you'll be a giver. Okay, so we're going to be talking about that. And of course, go back, you know, for you that are hearing this right now, podcast, go back and and, uh, if you haven't listened to all the previous weeks, go back. We talked about all your iniquity, sin, and transgression has been forgiven. And then we have a couple more on top of that. So go ahead and go back and listen to those and get a foundation so that you'll understand what we're talking about today. All right, so forgiven so that you'll forgive. Adam and Eve, always remember this. Whenever you're blaming something with somebody, it's because they've hurt you and there's unforgiveness there, okay? So when God came up, he ran, right? The word hakal, I believe it's the word run. The only reason I believe that is because of the prodigal son and the father running to him. It all comes, it all comes together as the same thing. It could be walk or run, but I believe it with the word hakal, it can be walk or it could also be run. So he ran and he had a lamb in his, in his hand. And he got up there and uh, basically, you know, he's like, what's going on? Paraphrasing, of course. And, and what was the first thing Adam said? That woman that you gave me. He was blaming her. So we know that he felt, doesn't matter what, listen, your intention doesn't matter when it comes to unforgiveness. Intention doesn't matter. I mean, that's great that you had the best intentions, but it doesn't matter because we do things to people we don't even realize and we're hurting them and they pick up up an offense and then all of a sudden they have unforgiveness. He said, the woman that you gave me. All right, and so we know that they ended up working it out. Well, how did that happen? Because God forgave them both by bringing that lamb and shedding its blood and covering them with the lambskin so that they would see themselves the way that God intended for them to be seen. And we know that they ended up having children and living long lives. So it got worked out. Now, we don't have the specifics exactly how that all happened, but when we look at the story, we can speculate and sort of figure out what happened there. Always remember this. Insecurity plus offense brings unforgiveness. We all have insecurities. And we know it when it happens, usually. Sometimes we don't. Sometimes there's things there that we're not really sure of. Um, we just know that, you know, you know we've been offended. And uh, think about this. We're living in a world where everybody's offended with everybody else. What's the answer? You're forgiven of all your sins. That's what's going to bring healing. And so this is a great opportunity for us to go out with the message that they are forgiven. What's all uh, Romans about is talking about that we've been given the ministry of reconciliation to let the world know what? You're forgiven. God's not holding it against you. Come home. That's what we have. So we have something that the world doesn't have. The totality of the forgiveness of our sins. And they can have it too. It's already there. All they got to do is receive it. But it's us bringing them the message so that they can receive it. What does Romans also say? How will they know unless there's a preacher? By the way, we're all preachers. To some form or fashion or another, no, you might not be part of the five-fold ministry, so to speak, but you're all preachers. Amen? So... What's interesting is the word for offense in Hebrew is mikshol, and it means a stumbling block. That means when when you've been offended, that now you have a stumbling block, and that stumbling block is unforgiveness, and it will affect the way that you live your life. That's why it's so important that people on a regular basis need to hear they're forgiven of all their sins. Okay, so real quick, 
Ephesians 4.32. It says, be kind and tenderhearted to one another, forgiving one another just as God for Christ's sake hath, past tense, hath forgiven you. See, I lived under this doctrine where I was forgiven up to the moment I got saved, but after that, I got to work things out with God. I got to confess my sins. I have to repent and tell him how sorry I am. All this whole thing, which was a never-ending work, and it never yielded any peace. And one of the fruits of the Spirit is peace. So if it's not yielding peace, maybe you got some wrong doctrine. I know I had it, and it didn't yield peace. And now I have an experienced peace that I've never experienced before because knowing all my sins are forgiven. Now what's interesting, you forgive because you're forgiven. It's really interesting in this scripture in Ephesians because it doesn't use the noun, aphesis, or the verb, aphonomy, for these words. I mean, you figure that would be in there, and that would be good news if it was in there. It was sent away from you, so you send it away from somebody else. So this, these both words in there are charizomihi, freely forgiven. I love the style. The style of Jesus, how he freely forgave people. It reminds me, and he, Jesus said, if you see me, you've seen the Father. Remember in the garden, he said, you can freely eat from all the trees that are in the garden. You just can't have just one, but all the other of vast trees that were there that weren't even named. There were so many. He said, you can freely eat. That's God's style. From the beginning to the end, it's God's style. And the end for us was 2,000 years ago at the cross, and we received that. Guess what? You're forgiven. Freely forgiven. Now, you know what this also means? Because it says, be kind and tenderhearted towards one another, forgiving one another. Okay? So when you understand how freely you've been forgiven... And it had nothing to do with what you did or what you didn't do, but it was freely done. Now you're able to freely forgive. And you know, we think we got this, and I thought I had it, but you know what? I'm still learning it. It's not like I've got, oh, Eric knows all. No, I don't know all, but what I do know is I know I'm completely forgiven, but I'm growing in that. And as I grow in that, it's affecting how I work and deal with people. But it also says to rescue. Do you understand? Listen, I've heard, well, forgiveness is about you, not the other person. That's not true. It is about you, but it's also about the other person. Why is it? Because do you know when you forgive them, you rescue them from walking in shame and guilt for the rest of their lives? There's something about when it's the person that they've done it to comes up and actually does it that is freeing and rescues them from a life of shame and guilt. Because what people do is they'll continue going on beating themselves up subconsciously. And they'll sabotage their lives because they think they need to pay for what they did to that person. But Jesus, he didn't just pay for your sin. He overpaid so that you could have an abundance on top of that of his blessing that now you can go give that away to other people and you can rescue them from wherever they're at in their life. I've shared this testimony before, but... Listen, this wasn't just, hey, somebody did something wrong to me. This was year after year after year after year after year after year. I'm not exaggerating. That the same group of people attacked and hurt me on a regular basis. And, and when I thought I was done, it happened again. And when I thought I was done, it happened again. And listen, we tried to sit down with this group of people and work it out. They would never admit they were wrong. We'd even go up, hey, you know, we messed up here. We shouldn't respond like this. And hey, I'm really sorry about this. Nothing. So this went on year after year after year, almost seven years. From the time we got to that church to the time we left that church, it was on. So, because it's one thing, well, somebody did something to me. 
and then that's all they did. Okay, that's, that's, that's great. I'm giving you the extreme case so that you know if it's been something that's been going on and continues to go on, there is hope for you yet. It, I didn't even know it, but it had gotten to the point where I hated these people. I know that's a strong word. I hated them. They caused and made my life a living hell. But you know what their problem was? They were insecure and they were wounded. So it just pressed over on me. And I was freely given what they wanted and they thought they worked so hard for. Right? Remember the, the workers? The first ones came in, they got a day's wage. They thought, oh, that's great. You know, that's what we're going to get. And then they paid the, the last people and they got the same thing. They were very upset. So just let's be aware of that when we're dealing with people. People are a mess. We're all a mess to some extent. You know, and the only thing holding us together is the love and the grace of God. Okay, and so, you know, let, let's be aware of these things when we're dealing with people and ask God for wisdom to see those people the way that he sees them. Hey, and by the way, let me say this. What has been done to you is not right. And there's been an infraction of justice, an injustice against you. Okay, and it's okay that you feel the way that you do. Those feelings are valid. But for your own sake and for their sake, let's not live in that for the rest of our lives. Amen? Amen. So anyways, um, I had heard many teachings throughout the years uh, before I got grace that God can never bless you if you have unforgiveness. Anybody ever heard that before? Yeah, yeah we've all heard that, right? I love the way Nikki said it. Oh, yes. <laughs> so uh, anyways, what was funny, though, is that I was more blessed than I could ever dream or imagine. I mean, doors were opening up, blessings business, all these things, man. I mean, it was like, what is going on here? And I knew, like, deep down, I hated those people. Yeah, I really did. I hated them. They hurt me so bad, it caused me to hate. And um, so anyways, uh, one of the things was is I, was I had a car detailing business, right? And I was just doing people's personal vehicles. Well, all of a sudden, favor comes rolling in, and uh, this woman that was in charge of a guy that goes to our church business as far as the books and scheduling things and all that, she calls me and she goes, hey, I, I need to talk to you. I'll never forget because I had to go to a, uh, a nail parlor and she was getting her nails done. Well, I got me a manicure while I was there too. That was the only manicure I've ever gotten and they paid for it. And I was like, okay, cool. They opened up and they said, hey, we want you to come and have a contract with us that you do our vehicles. So it was guaranteed, set day, I could come in and go as I wanted to, and I'd get paid for it, and they well overcompensating. There's a blessing right there. I didn't deserve that, right? I mean, if it was according to these people that have that doctrine that says God can't bless you with unforgiveness, well, that should have never happened. So the end point was it, because I don't want to go too long, the end point of it was this. Me and Kim, we hadn't had a vacation in some time. Matter of fact, we've had very few vacations in our marriage. There's always something that comes up or, you know, whatever. And so somebody that was really just precious to us, somebody blessed us with a vacation. Look, they paid for the airfare. They paid for the hotel. They paid for the rent-a-car. They paid for spending money. They paid for everything. And we stayed at one of the nicest hotels in Santa Monica Beach, California. Shouldn't it? Wait, th this is contrary. See, that's why sometimes we got to look at our experience and relook at our doctrine because experience is important. I'm not saying we go on experience alone, but experience is important because what we experience, you know, is also from God as well, you know? So we got there. And we don't even know. We're like, dude, we're just, we're just blessed. 
you know? If you don't know that Santa Monica Beach area, which is right next to Venice, there's a lot of homeless. And of course, we're ministers, and this is the type of people that we love to minister to. And listen, I didn't minister to one person because God never spoke to me about it. Listen, it ain't about just going out and telling people. It's got to be a God encounter that he's involved in it. And if he's not, then don't do it. Don't waste your time. Well, I need to sow seed, brother. No. If God's not the one sowing the seed, what's the use of you sowing something if God's not in it? We're there the last day. Me and Kim have our own different ways that we wake up. And so Kim does her way and I do my way. So I'm up bright and early and I'm out and I go to Starbucks and uh, get me a big old, you know, venti latte and I start walking down. So there's a, there's a hill in Santa Monica that's up high where everything is. And then it's got a cliff and it goes down like a mountain to the beach. So I'm up here and I'm walking along the little cement path. And I was shocked that I didn't get to minister to anybody. And so I'm walking by and sipping on my Starbucks coffee and I see this guy laying there with his backpack under his head and he's laying on his back with one foot crossed over his leg like this. And I'm watching the people and it's, they're walking by like he's invisible. It's like, they, like either they didn't want to know or they are just oblivious. But you know what? God saw him and I felt led to go over and talk to him. And I went and I kneeled down. And I said, hey, you know, what's, uh, what, you, what you doing out here? And he was shocked that I even stopped to talk to him. And he raised up, like, not understanding what was going on. And he goes, and he just started sharing his story with me. You know how he used to be in youth group, and then he got involved in drugs, and his family kicked him out of the house, and now he's living on the street. So I listened to him for a while. Listen, you can't learn anything from anybody unless you listen to what they have to say first. And that, and that's something I really had to learn. I didn't understand that for a clue. You can ask my wife. I would just do-do-do-do. That's what I did. And so I listened. By the grace of God, I listened. And I was sitting there, and I said let me tell you my story. And then he got up and like was l really listening. He wanted to listen. Nobody cares what you know until they know how much you care. And by letting them, by listening to them, you're showing them how much you care, giving your time. And I I'll never forget, he, 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 start, he really got up and he's like, he was engaged. And I shared my story with him. And I told him, about the Dream Center. I mean, it was only, you know, a 40-minute ride on the bus, and you take number four and go straight down on Sunset Strip, and you get off, and you can walk to the Dream Center. And they have discipleship that's free. I prayed for him, and I said, you know, I said, hey, I'm going to pray for you. Have you ever received Jesus? Because I don't know. He goes, you know what? Not that you need to receive Jesus twice, but just in case you didn't, you're not sure, let's go ahead and do it. And he's like, yeah, sure, I want to do it. So we did it, and he received Jesus. And um, as I was getting them walking away, I, was, I just felt like the Lord was like, give him the money in your pocket. And I had $10, and I gave it to him. And um, we said our goodbyes, and, uh, you know, I gave him directions to the Dream Center. Like, if he wanted help, he could get it, you know? That's not my job. As I walked away, I felt the presence of the Father and his love wrap around me to where I was crying, and I, I couldn't control it. And, and I'm out in the middle of public in here, and... He then spoke to me and he goes, son, you loved that young man that you never met before, but you have hatred in your heart toward your church family back home. And I broke. And then he said, don't you remember, son? You used to sleep right there too, right in the same general area. You used to sleep and you were homeless right there too. Look where I brought you from. You have forgotten how much you've been forgiven. And... 
I walked away, got Kim. We, took the, we dropped off the, the rent-a-car at Burbank Airport. We got on the plane. As soon as I got home, I just threw my bags in the house. I went to find the main person that had caused me those problems and went and asked for their forgiveness. I never got that back, but it didn't matter. I was already healed. So I was able to tell them that. And matter of fact, this guy's wife told me that was made his year. Because in the end, all this guy ever wanted was my approval. Amen? So real quick, Matthew 18, 21. So this is what I want you to look at. And let me say this again. I'm not saying what anybody's done to you is, is okay. It's not okay. Okay, but for your sake and for the sake of the other person, let's ask the Lord into these areas of our lives so we can get the healing that we need. So this is how I, what God did in my life is here's my whole life of sins from here to here, which by the way, you don't even know them all. Remember, you're forgiven iniquity, sin, transgression, everything you see, everywhere you miss the mark, and every law you break for your whole life past, present, and future. From here to here, you've been forgiven. And that person and what they did to you is here. That one thing there. And that helped. That's what, that's what set me free with that person. Is in God showing me that. You've been forgiven so much, you just forgot what you've been forgiven. That's why we always need to hear the teaching of the forgiveness of sins. So, uh, real quick, Matthew 18, 21 through 35. Peter asks, how many times should I forgive? Seven times a day? Jesus said 70 times seven. And then he starts with a story about the kingdom of God. Now, this is a story that Jesus made up. Whenever Jesus is talking about something or somebody that really exists, he says a certain man or a certain place or a certain thing. Now you know, like what he did with the, with the, uh, with the, uh, the father of the prodigal son, there was a certain man who had two sons. That was a true story that he was using to elaborate his point of who God the Father was to them. Okay? And so, but th he's just giving this story so that they would understand where he was coming from when it came to forgiving. He said there's a kingdom and a king, and the king had a servant that owed him 10,000 talents. So one talent equals 60 minas, one mina equals three months' wages. Sixty times three months' wages is 180 uh, months' wages. Twelve months in a year equals 15 months' wages. So, uh, so uh, one talent equals 15 years' wages. So 10,000 talents equals 150,000 uh, of wages. Okay, so in other words, it's this. There's no way that this guy could have paid it back. That's the whole point of the story. An astronomical amount. What is he saying? Your forgiveness is too big that you can't pay it back. And when you understand that, you'll become thankful. See, there's still people that think that if they live right, that takes care of their sin. No, it doesn't. If that was true, we could all live right to some extent, and then our sin would be taken care of. Then Jesus wouldn't have had to come, but, he, but we couldn't, so he had to come. And only he could make the payment with his blood. Okay. And so... Then he found another servant that owed him 100 pence. It's also denarii, is, the, is another word that they'll use for this. And it's equal to one-third of year's wages. Just one-third, four months. Minus Sabbath, because they didn't work on Sabbath, and minus the holy days. One-third, four months. Hey, we can pay that back. And he took him by the throat and said, pay me what you owe. 
Now, if you remember this guy that with the 10,000 talents, he says, be patient with me and I will pay you all. He knew he couldn't pay it. It was way too much. And so this guy said the same thing with me, with him. Be patient and I'll pay you all. And he went and threw him into prison to the tortures until all the debt would be paid. So just real quick, and I'm going to end it here. You can get the idea with the numbers. It's an astronomical amount. We could never pay it, okay? When we understand that, it's going to help us to be able to know what we've been given so we can freely give it, okay? So then with this, they, uh, the other servants went back and told the king, hey, do you know what the guy that you just let off 10,000 talents did? He took one of your other servants that owed him 100 pence, and he threw him in jail. Oh, by the way, this guy with 10,000 talents, the creditor, which was the king, was going to have him, his wife, and his children sold. I mean, there was a lot at stake here, right? And he says, you wicked servant, I forgave you all that because you worshipped me. Shouldn't you have also had compassion on your fellow servant and let him free? See, he didn't know how much he was forgiven. So he wasn't able to, he wasn't empowered to be able to forgive. See how important that is? By the way, he said he threw him into basically a dungeon to the tormentors. So that word torment is basanizo. You know what it means? To vex. When you're being vexed, you know there's probably some unforgiveness there. Let me give you the good news. Jesus got thrown to the tormentors. And he was tormented as he hung on that cross so that you would never have to be tormented again. Because he paid the price. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you. Thank you for freely forgiving us everything. There was nothing excluded. Our debt has been canceled. And now there's nothing that stands in between us and you. And Lord, we just ask for the grace to be able to forgive if there's people that we have an offense with and we have unforgiveness and it's causing us even to stumble. Lord, we ask right now that you would give us wisdom and you would give us the grace to be able to overcome those things because we know we can't do it on our own. And we thank you for it in the name of Jesus. Amen.